This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. If you guys want to start a podcast that includes music or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much and let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. In today's episode, I am interviewing Katie who is the founder of Inner Glow Circle which is a business that helps women become coaches and it certifies them and they're accredited. So I'm really excited to have this episode go up because Katie is just really, really inspiring and she gave such good advice and just she's a true entrepreneur like in her bones she is an entrepreneur so i think that this episode if you guys are looking to start your own business if you guys are looking to find your passion your purpose i think that this episode is going to be a really really great one for you and i know not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur but even if you don't there's some lessons here that go throughout whatever you're going through in life like it's such a good episode and we actually recorded this when she was visiting new york and we definitely have plans to meet up again in the future she is just such an amazing woman and really inspiring to someone like me who i kind of like want to go in her footsteps like i think what she's doing is really cool and at the end of the day or that's something that i really want to do like i want to have like the type of business that she has and Um, I really just admire everything she's doing and she doesn't shy away from like her failures or she doesn't shy away from mistakes that she's made. She embraces them and I really love that and I think it's something that we can all kind of learn from and take away from. So I'm really excited to bring Katie on the show. It's such a good episode and I am just, you guys, I'm having a very, a very good day. Like after I got done recording this podcast with Katie, I also recorded another one with a graphic designer, which will also be going up in the near future. But I was so inspired and it was one of those days when I worked for like over 12 hours. Like I woke up at 6 a.m. or 6.30. I was nonstop working ever since and like up until like 9.30 is when I stopped working, which I don't encourage. Like I don't encourage people to do that, but it was just one of those days. You have those days sometimes. And I was normally after those days, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm ready to go to bed. This was one of those that I was like, I am so happy and so content and I'm so encouraged and 
bring on the new year like come on I cannot wait for 2020 I can't wait for what I'm going to do next I can't I'm just so excited and I really think it's because I surround myself with people that do encourage me and I I feel like this podcast that's that's the number one thing I love about the podcast is that it forces me to interact with people that are encouraging and inspiring and I'm excited to share the conversation with you because again these podcasts are literally me chatting with friends like it's just us talking in a room together and we happen to be recording with mics on but it's really like you're just sitting in the room with us and I'm just picking their brain so I hope that you guys enjoy this episode and also thank you guys so much for all of the podcast reviews we have over 500 reviews on our podcast which is insane so thank you guys so much it means a lot to me and I love to know like how you guys found my podcast so if you guys can dm me and let me know how you found it that would be awesome but yeah I hope that you guys enjoy the podcast be sure to give it five stars if you guys have been enjoying it I love you guys so much and let's just get into the podcast episode welcome to the real real podcast with Natalie Barbu Instagram might be your highlight reel but we're here to talk about the real real Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Of course. I'm so happy to be here, Natalie. I think this is going to be a really exciting episode because the coaching industry is something that I'm very interested in, especially starting my consulting services. I'd love to just hear more about it. So I'm really excited to have you on. Yeah, let's go right into it. So before we get into the topics, I like starting the ed- each episode with setting the record straight. So this is just where I state some assumptions and then you're going to tell me if they're true or false based on your own experiences. Okay, cool. Game on. The first one is the coaching industry is oversaturated. I would say absolutely not. Do you want me to explain? Yes, please. (laughs) Okay, cool. I mean, people ask us about this all the time, especially new students who are coming to do our programs or interested in our programs. It's so interesting because if you just think about like doctors or lawyers, I mean, are you going to say there's too many of them? Mm -hmm, Exactly. And, you know, on one hand, you could say, yeah, there's a lot of doctors, lawyers, nurses, therapists, massage therapists. I mean, really like all these people that provide services, right? Mm -hmm. I think that the difference with coaching is that it's really new, it's really popular, and I would say it's definitely having a moment, Mm -hmm. and it's a big trend right now. So it feels like there's a lot of people who are coaches who are becoming coaches who are really interested in coaching. But it's quite, you know, it's still quite a new industry. So I actually think that there's not enough coaches Mm -hmm. and that the more coaches that, are created, that we create as a company, that go through other training programs that become actually credentialed coaches, which I'm sure we'll touch on, the better, the better for everybody else. Because really, you know, competition, and I, my take on competition is like, no one can really compete with you if you're becoming what I call your USDU. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, competition is good for the marketplace. I completely agree. I feel the same way when people ask about is there too many people on YouTube? Like whenever people ask me like, should I start a YouTube channel? It's oversaturated. And it's like, no, it's just having a moment. Like you were saying, like it's still so new. YouTube as a platform is only a few, like 15 years old. You know, it's not that old yet. So yeah, I definitely think that it's not too saturated. It's just like very trendy, like you were saying. Yeah, and regardless, like you should never let, regardless of how, you know, many people are doing something, you should never let that steer you away from doing it if you want to do it. Completely agree. And you need to raise money to start a business. Okay, so no, and we yeah. didn't. <laughs> and we, um, you know, have grown a, a million-dollar business at this point, and we had no funding. Mm-hmm. Um, we went from, you know, startup to really million-dollar company 
over the past few years and we were completely self-funded. We still are. Mm-hmm. And I'd be open in the future, you know, if the right investor came to the table. But for us, like we were able, we were always able to take money. And I, I didn't personally invest some of my own money in the company, but I think it was like $10,000 mm-hmm. or something. And then I paid myself back when we were able to. And, you know, prior to that, I had started my very first business, which was an organic spray tanning company. And I had invested a few thousand dollars in that to buy the equipment. You know, there was a little more overhead involved with with that business. I mean, with coaching, what's so interesting is like, you you don't if you have a phone, yeah, and that's maybe all you need. <laughs> and maybe a computer, but you don't even need a computer. I know. I finished editing my book yesterday, and and I I did the final edit before handing it over to my editor for her final edit. And I finished it like on my phone on Google Docs while I was on the elliptical. That's no, so, it's insane. <laughs> so it's just like we have so much power at our fingertips, and if we're not taking advantage of it, then what are we doing? Yeah, no, I can I completely agree. Now that you don't, especially with like online businesses, there is little overhead. Like with a spray tan business, you have to have rent for like the studio or the physical space. You have to have equipment. Mm-hmm. But with coaching, it's in any online business. It's nice that now we have opportunities that we can self fund businesses. We can rate or start a business with little money in the beginning. Yeah. And the way the business works is very simple. You have to make more money than you're spending. So for every dollar that you spend, you have to at least make that dollar back and hopefully a little bit more. Right. And so that's what we teach our students. And that's what we've always practiced. And I think that, um, you know, in a lot of ways, it's more of a conservative approach to business. A lot of people feel that unless they have tons of cash, they're not going to be able to do what they need to do. And I'm really a fan of testing and seeing how the market reacts. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of stuff that I've personally launched or we've launched over the years that didn't do well, right, that flopped. And then obviously there's a ton of stuff that did really well and continues to do well. But you don't know that until you're putting things out there and testing and charging money for them and then increasing the prices when you go past the beta round and it's really this process of experimenting and I don't know, I, you probably feel like this too, but I feel like I'm able to be an artist in my business so much and that is really important to me. But I also really do have a strong business mind because I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family and environment. And so I think that was really um, instilled in me at a young age. And I think that is what has served me so well over the years and why we've been able to grow a profitable business. Yeah, I was going to say you are a true entrepreneur, though, like even like starting this, uh, the other business in the past. Now this one and just like your mindset. I was going to ask you, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Because it definitely sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. So my family has a, a we have a family business that, you know, employs now many more people than the family. But um, it's a business that's been around for decades. And it was started by my grandfather and Um, my dad took over part of it, my uncle took over another part, and then it just kind of expanded into the family more and more. And I I worked for the family business when I was really young. Like I was answering phones at the front desk when I was like 12 years old Mm -hmm. and probably wasn't really even supposed to be working. But, (laughs) um, you know, I, I, I learned how to be professional and I learned, really, I think the most important thing I learned, Natalie, was like, I learned that n- no work was beneath me. And I think that that really served me well. I'm, I'm sure you hear this in the work that you do and interviewing so many people. Um, but I think a lot of people have this idea of business that 
it's just so glamorous and it's about traveling and meeting all these people and you know being an influencer and doing fancy yeah, things yeah. and hopefully if you're successful you're able to do a lot of that stuff and have access to those life experiences i think that business can open a lot of doors and i think that the point is experiencing things yeah. you know the point isn't necessarily to have you know another follower another 100,000 followers it's to be happy and to feel like you're living your life on purpose and that's really important. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. 
I just wanted to take a quick break to thank TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds for sponsoring today's episode. Are you having trouble sleeping, focusing, or relaxing? If the answer is yes, then TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast has got you covered. This hour-long podcast is made to help you get rid of distractions, reduce stress, relax, and get better sleep. You can listen to the sounds of nature, white noise, relaxing music, and so much more. You can check out the TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. But it's not always glamorous. And oh, completely agree. I think that's where the misconception lies. Yeah, I really love that, that no work is beneath you because I do think some people think like, oh, that I can't do that. Like, oh, that's that's not my job or right. like I shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, no, I mean, if this is your business, like you're doing everything. You're doing the nitty gritty, like things that people don't want to do if you want to be successful in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree. And you have to find a good team to start your business. I mean, I started solo in both of my businesses. So when I first, when I started the spray tanning business, it was just me later on as I started coaching. Um, I just, I was too busy. So I hired someone who, um, and this has been a, a, a big mindset of mine, but I hired someone who was better than me. So like I always tell our team and I'm always reminding myself, like my job is to hire people that are better than me at the things that they do, right? So in the beginning of your business, often, especially if you're a solopreneur or a service-based entrepreneur, you're doing everything. You're doing the accounting, like you're at least making sure things get to, you know, your accountant or accounting firm. Um, You're doing, you know, the social media, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the sales, you're doing all of the content, like you're just doing everything. And in the beginning, that's okay, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. actually really important to learn your business. One mistake that I see people make is like they try to outsource pieces of their business too soon. And I think what happens is like you, I always say you have to know enough to be dangerous, right? So like (laughs) if some, if, if a marketing firm comes in and they're trying to advise us on a social media plan and I'm like, I've tried that so many times, that's not going to work. You know, I have to know enough to be dangerous, right? Like whether it's accounting or legal, right? Stuff that we like don't really want to be doing. It's important that we know enough. Yeah. And if you don't like take responsibility and dig into the different aspects of your business that maybe you don't want to, you don't want to learn or don't come as naturally to, I really find that like learning those things at least enough to be dangerous um, will serve you really well. So you know, I don't think you need a team to get started. I, I didn't have a team when I was starting the spray team business, when I was starting uh, my coaching business. And even when we started IGC, like I was starting it on my own, but very quickly, at least with IGC, I decided that I wanted to scale. We brought in other coaches and then we started to grow from there. So now we have like a really robust team. Um, and that's a whole nother can of worms. I but. know. I would <laughs> love to know how you pick out your team members, how you hire people. I feel like that's a really scary part of a business is like you were saying, like you want to find people that are better than you, but how do you, I guess, like vet them? How do you figure out like who you should hire, who you should take on, what their responsibilities should be? To me, that's like such a scary part of making a decision in the business. Yeah, yeah. Is doing all that. Yeah. I mean, this is the real, real, right? Yes. So can I, how honest can I be? <laughs> Very honest. Um, I just wrote something on, on social media about this the other day, but like we actually have a situation or have had a situation happening at work where someone who was working for us for quite a bit of time um, went ahead and started soliciting our clients for her own separate business. Oh. And we found out because 
you know, people. I mean, people talk. People talk, right? (laughs) And so, you know, I've been asking myself as a CEO, like, how can we make better hiring decisions? You know, this was someone that I thought that I trusted. There were other people that, you know, said over the years, like, "Mm, I'm not sure about that person. But until you really know what's going on, you have evidence, like, you can't make a call, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and I can't beat myself up because ultimately, like, this is part of growth. Yeah. You know, not everyone's going to align with the business as you grow. Like that's why massive companies have like huge periods of turnover or like their CEO will leave or some, you know, pe- their founder will get the boot, right? They're, I mean, you've heard these stories over the years. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the best thing to do is like really know what your values are. If you're really clear on what your values are and what's important to you as a company and what's important to you as a leader and as a CEO, and you do your best to run everything, like all decisions through that filter, you're going to know who aligns with a company and you're going to know who doesn't. It's You know what it's like been making me think about is like relationships, right? Yeah. So I'm in a new relationship, but I was in a different relationship like, I don't know, 90 days ago, like less than that, right? Yeah. And this like sort of happened quickly. And I'm like, you know, when you, you start dating someone new and you're like, oh my God, I can't even imagine being with my ex now, yes. right? <laughs> and I'm a little bit older than you, so I probably have a lot more exes than you have. No, I, I am in the same exact <laughs> position. I'm like, wow, what was that like back then? Right, and it's like, you, you know, you, I just feel like we're always evolving. I was talking to a friend about this last night. Like, when you sign up for this path of entrepreneurship, which to me is like the most activating path of personal growth, right? Mm-hmm. Or it, it's it's like so therapeutic and like you're really forced to face yourself all the time. I was telling my boyfriend last night, I'm like, you don't understand. I'm doing scary things every day, like every day. And I remember, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago when I was getting started, just wanting that, like wanting that feeling of like doing something that was out of my comfort zone every day. I felt like I was just going through the motions in my life. Now I feel the complete opposite. I'm like, can I please have a day where I'm just going through the motions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting and we're constantly being asked to face ourselves, but hindsight's 2020 and in a relationship, it's like such a great analogy because you look back and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I dated that person. Who was I even? I'm not the same person anymore. Mm -hmm. And we think like we're evolving with someone, whether it's someone that's working in our business with us. It could be a client. You know, sometimes like we outgrow clients or clients outgrow us or you're just going in different directions. And so whether it's a client, a team member, you know, someone you're dating, like it doesn't matter. I think if you're committed to the path of growth and evolution, which most of us are who are you know, entrepreneurs in in some capacity or even wantrepreneurs, right? People who are wanting to get into this kind of work, then you have to sort of expect that you're going to be, you know, outgrowing and and shedding things and evolving sometimes a lot faster than the people around you. So this is what my book is about that's coming out next year, but you have to get really good at letting go and you have to get really good at, at losing. And I had a lot of personal losses that happened really early on when I started IGC, Inner Glow Circle, that's our company. And um, I think that, you know, of course, those losses were really, really difficult. I, I lost my brother, like, to a, an accidental overdose. And that was obviously heartbreaking and, and you know, destroyed my my life for, for quite some time until I sort of reassessed things and settled my system and, and sort of said, okay, like, this is what happened. How do I bring this into my reality accept it, surrender to the way that life is playing out and use this to continue on with my purpose and live my life even bigger and bolder and better because Bo can't anymore. That was my brother's name. And so it's just so interesting. We're really on this path of growth. We're always evolving. 
And I think that once we say yes to that, like life sort of, it comes and it supports us and also really does challenge us. And it's very intentional. Like you have to say yes to it, like you were saying. Like you can't just like live and like, okay, well, I hope it gets better. Like at some point you have to be intentional about that, I feel like. That's a really great point. And I think, you know, we have to stop and think every now and then like, okay, because, you know, in your industry, right, there's things that people are just doing. In mm-hmm. our industry, there's things that people are just doing. Like, are you going to launch a podcast this year? Are you going to write a book? Are you going to write your second book? Are you gonna do-? And sometimes there's sort of this outside pressure, you know, sort of similar to probably what we felt in like high school or middle school of like, well, everybody's totally. doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you really have to get behind your own choices and decisions and make sure that everything you're choosing is in alignment with your values, is in alignment with the path you want to be on that you're not putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. Like you really have to choose it consciously. And I think that that sometimes is one of the more difficult parts of being an entrepreneur because you have so much freedom. Oh, definitely. You have to self-motivate yourself. Everything's on you in the sense of like, if you don't do it or you don't force yourself to do it, it's just not going to get done. Right. No one's telling you. So you have to be the one to do it. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's one of definitely one of the biggest challenges. I actually... I was working a corporate job um, a few months ago, actually. And like, that's one of the biggest differences is like back then I would just wake up, go through the motions, like some, my boss would tell me what to do. And now I'm all on my own and I'm figuring life out. And it, that's definitely like the scariest part. It's like you're in control of everything. So now tell us a little bit about your background and where you came from. So I grew up right outside of DC, Washington, DC, and we're in New York right now, but um, I still live in DC and I... After high school, I went to college. I went to Vanderbilt in Nashville. And then I moved right to New York City. So what were you doing in New York? I moved here for a consulting job. I was a um, executive assistant for a startup consulting firm. And I can't say that my boss was the nicest person in the world, but she definitely challenged me. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot through that job. But it's funny. It's sort of like what I feel about my parents sometimes. You know, I, I remember feeling so much pressure in that job and feeling like my boss was so stressed out all the time. And now managing a company at the level that I'm managing, I understand why, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not a parent yet. So I can't yet be like, oh, I get why my mom was like this way or my dad was this way or whatever. But Liv, my um, business partner is, and I see that with her. And, you know, it's just interesting. I think that we learn so much as we grow up. And I'm really glad I had those early experiences. And of course, you know, I moved here when I was 21. Mm -hmm. And so running around the city in my early 20s, trying to figure it all out was a great experience. It really shaped me. You know, I can barely like figure out the subway system now. (laughs) So I don't know what the hell I was doing back then. (laughs) Now everything's on our phones. So I just use City Mapper for everything. Yeah, right. (laughs) I need to (laughs) re-download. And when you were growing up, did you know you wanted to start your own business? And you thought that your path would be go to school, get a corporate job, work there for a while? Or what was that like for you? You know, it's tough to say. I, I think I just knew that I wanted to have a really big life. And I wasn't sure exactly what that was going to look like. Like I, I loved fashion and I loved um, beauty. And when I when I lived in New York after that first job, I, I worked in um, I did PR for a fashion company for a little while. And, you know, I, I, I did a lot of things like I tried a lot of things. And in college, I had a few different internships. I worked for a law firm. I worked for another PR firm. And I really wasn't sure. 
I, I just I knew that I had gifts and mm-hmm. I knew that I had um, sort of like this creative genius, you know, not to sound like super into myself. But, no, that's good to have confidence. Yeah. But, you know, I, I knew that I had like a different way of looking at the world than mm-hmm. most of the people around me. And and I'm sure you probably felt that a little bit yeah. growing up, too. And that's why I was asking you when we were talking, like, what was it like in college growing this like YouTube platform and everyone around you just like partying and you're like, well, I was like pretty focused on it. So I didn't notice so much what everybody else was doing. But, you know, I think if you really have drive and if you really know that there's something different about you, sometimes it can be a little frustrating to watch everyone around you in middle school and high school and college. And then even after like in your in your first jobs after school just kind of going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew I didn't want to go through the motions. I didn't know exactly how I wanted to do it, but I knew I wanted to help people. And I knew that I wanted to make a really big impact. So for me, it was like eventually about just putting all the pieces together. And again, hindsight's 20-20. I can look back and say, oh, I understand now why I did, like why I studied what I studied in college. I studied human and organizational development. And then I did a minor in women and gender studies. And so it makes sense with what I'm doing today, running a company that's focused on supporting women. But I didn't know then what I was going to do now. I will tell you, though, when I was really young, I I would journal a lot. So I still have a lot of this in writing, which is sort of interesting. But I I had this idea when I was really young to create like a, a platform. And back then, there wasn't like Facebook or all of these social networks. There was really just like chat rooms yeah and like you know the blog sphere was starting to come about Mm -hmm. and um and so I had this idea to create a platform I didn't know what it would be but a platform where younger girls could ask advice from older girls or older you know women and I was like I don't understand the legalities of that you know how do we protect ourselves but yeah it's sort of what we've created which is like a mentoring platform Mm -hmm. and so I didn't know what it would look like back then but I I, my point is like I think we have these thoughts and these feelings and we see these visions a lot of us are like very intuitive and we have to trust what we're seeing Mm -hmm. and it's going to take shape and and shift and and evolve again over the years but I can now looking back see why I did the things that I did. And I did, you know, over the years learn to trust myself and trust my gut instincts and trust where I was being led and what I felt attracted to. And and I think that's brought me where I am today. Oh, 100%. I always think that the smaller things that you don't notice in the moment, they all add up to exactly what you're meant to do in later in life. Yeah. So it's so clear for you, like the online chat room. Yeah. Like, that's literally exactly what you're doing right. now, basically, just on a bigger scale. Right. And what was your first step in becoming a coach and starting? You realize that you're going to start this coaching business. Then what? Like, what did you do first? Well, I actually, before I even realized I was going to be a coach or start a coaching business, I had this sort of funny experience that when I was running my spray tanning business and had all these like naked women coming in and out <laughs> of the studio, I um, they were putting on clothes before they left yes of course of course (laughs) um but for those of you who've got us uh you know an airbrush spray tan before like the person gets all up in there right Mm -hmm. so that's what I was doing like I was you know by hand spray tanning people and I loved it like I loved making people feel good about their bodies and I love being tan I loved making other people tan you know it was fun and I've always loved the beauty industry and I thought like maybe that would go somewhere maybe that would be the thing but what ended up happening was and again this is like you know evidence of Uh, the importance of trusting yourself and just following the steps. But what happened was as these women were coming in for their spray tans, 
they were like really opening up to me. And I'd have these like 15 or 20 minute appointment slots. And in that short period of time, they were telling me about like their childhood, their broken marriage, their second marriage, their issues with their kids or issues with their parents, how they were publishing this book, their fears. And I was like, okay, hold on here. One, the beauty, the beauty piece is like a huge access point to a deeper conversation. Mm-hmm. And two, people really trust me to be able like to tell me this much stuff. And we're talking about this before too, but I, you know, I was always one of those people that like my friends were coming to for advice and I felt really good when I was giving people advice Mm -hmm. as long as they would take it, you know, like, look, don't waste my time, but here's what (laughs) I would do. So I, I, it gave me a lot of confidence and, and what happened was like, quite honestly, I started to get worried that I was giving people so much advice without having some sort of counseling background. Like I, I didn't study psychology in school. I was a natural but I was like, I need to get some sort of certification or accreditation if I'm going to be advising people like this on their lives, whether or not I'm just doing it in the spray tan tent or... It's so funny that you thought that while you were just spray tanning, you know? Well, people were telling me the craziest shit. And I'm like, holy <laughs> crap, like, you know, and... and I mean, think about it, right? People say like hairstylists have all the secrets in the world. Exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking that. And you're not even naked when you're getting your hair done, right? So if you're like stripped down naked, I knew that people were trusting me and we were, you know, there was this like connection happening. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's sort of a funny story, but that's how it happened. And then from there, I started to grow a coaching business. Like, you know, when I went through my, my coaching class, which is now what we do in IGC, but when I went through my own coach training program, we were encouraged to get clients. We were encouraged to go get business and like practice what we were learning, right? Mm-hmm. And so what was different than like a master's program or like a social work program or something like that where, you you know, you're not really taking paying clients until you graduate. With coaching, you could make money right away. So my business mind went off and was like, yes, like yeah. this is a good thing. And so within a few months of training, I started to get hired and I was making a lot of money really quickly because I'm going to take a quick break to tell you guys about our sponsor. You guys all know what Spotify is, but on Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. So you do not need to have a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one that you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. And you can also easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. So if you're listening to this ad right now, you should take a pause and share your podcast or share my podcast, I should say, on your Instagram story and let other people know where to find it. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app, search for The Real Real Podcast on Spotify, or browse podcasts in your library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of The Real Real Podcast. Because I was really, I just was excited and eager and I was I was quite good at it. And so my, my colleagues were sending me referrals and actually Liv Chapman, who is now my partner in IGC, she's our co-founder, she was a referral from one of my classmates. Wow. So we met like a hundred years ago and she was my client. And That's crazy. That's like a full circle moment. Totally full <laughs> circle. So it's really interesting. Yeah. And were you doing this while you still had the spray tan business? Yeah. 
Wow. So you were running two businesses at the same time. Right. And that's how I started hiring because I realized I couldn't be everywhere all the time. Right. Okay. And so I hired this girl I was saying earlier, like I, I have taught myself to hire people that are better than me. This is something my granddad would always say and then my dad would say. And so I hired a, a girl I had become friends with who was an esthetician. So she had like far more training about beauty and skin and all this stuff. For spray tanning, you don't touch someone's skin. Yeah. You don't need any like certification, you know? And and I, I got like a, a training through the company that I was buying the product and machine and stuff from. But beyond that, like I wasn't an esthetician. I didn't go through beauty school or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so when I hired the, you know, the first person that worked for Whole Glow, that was the name of the company, um, she was like much more qualified than I was. And so that was really cool because I realized I could continue growing and I could do other things and even open another business. And I didn't need to be the one who was doing it all. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you were asking earlier about having a team and trusting people, it requires like you you hire people that you trust and you work with them and you check in and you have to have some checks and balances in place. But in order to scale your business, you really do have to learn how to hire. Yeah, I completely agree. That's one thing that I think is so important that I'm in the process of learning is mm -hmm. like, how do I hire people and what do I I guess like give off to them because it's so hard for me to let go of things. Yeah. Because I've been doing it for so long on my own and I'm sure you can relate. It's like when yeah. something's your baby, you don't want to give it up. But right. You have to to scale and to grow. Yeah. And to like be alive. Yes, exactly. And to like <laughs> actually have a life. Right. <laughs> and what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you see in the coaching industry? Because I know it's a trend now, but when, what year did you start? I started coaching at the end of 2012. So back then, I feel like it wasn't as big as it is now. True. So how was, like, what are some misconceptions, I guess, from your experience doing this since 2012? I mean, this is sort of a, an opinion of mine and a stance of ours as a company. But, you know, as a business, we are not um, pro people coaching without training. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big conversation in the industry. And the ICF, which is the International Coach Federation, it's like a, the governing body when it comes to coaching programs and we're accredited by them we have two of our programs accredited by them so not only can you you know get your first level of accreditation through us you can get a second level of accreditation as well and we have a graduate program for our students and so the ICF says like the biggest threat to the coaching industry right now is people calling themselves coaches mm -hmm. without having some sort of training in yeah. coaching and I think that's true. Like, obviously, it's a free market. I support people who are out there being entrepreneurs and like doing the hard work. But I also really like as coaches, we're competing with therapists and, you know, counselors and psychotherapists. And it's like, you know, I, I had people over the years like fire their therapist because they felt that our work was so much more impactful Wow. And that we were able to make more forward movement in a few sessions or a few months of working together than they were able to make with their therapist in years. And I think there's a place for therapy, you know, and mm -hmm. I've worked with therapists myself, but I would say that that's like a really big thing, you know? Yeah. So it's important that you have training. And I think that's one of the misconceptions is like that you can just go in there and do whatever you want. I think mm -hmm. it's a little dangerous. Yeah, I mean, especially for something that you are very personal with someone. Like what, well, you guys also certify people, correct? Right. So 
what other coaching services have you done? Like, do you do like life coaching, business coaching, or is it like coaching for other coaches? So, so I personally started off as a life and business coach, Mm -hmm. meaning that, you know, because of my training and my background, I was working with people both around their lives and their relationships and their health and their well-being. And, you know, sometimes it was like, okay, your practice this week is to like sleep, you know, or Mm -hmm. to practice not being stressed or to meditate every day. And I had clients that were that, you know, it was just, we were just talking about that kind of stuff. Some, some of them, what we were like working together on their online dating profiles. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, you're making a real difference in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And you are, it's true. Like it is similar to what a therapist does. You yeah. don't have the like psychology degree or anything like that, but you have your, that's why it's important to get your accreditation in that. Right. But there's a lot of therapists out there too, who are quite interested in coaching mm-hmm. and we've had therapists and social workers go through our coach training program and get our certification because it's different. Like it's not therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, coaching is very much based on the future that you want to create, whereas therapy is often based on the past that you experienced. And both of those things are important. Like if you're my client, I'm not going to say I don't care about your past. I do. But I'm more interested and invested in your future mm-hmm. and where you want to go rather than all the limitations from before. That's right? a really good point. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that there's there's a place for therapy and there's a place for coaching and a lot of times we'll have both. But you asked about like, you know, what do we offer? We we offer life coaching, we offer business coaching. I was a business coach as well. You know, as a as an independent coach, sort of like with you, with mm-hmm. being a consultant, um, you talk to people and you assess what they need. And mm-hmm. a lot of times what people come to you saying they need isn't what they actually need, Yeah. right? So as exactly. you start to dig in deeper, like I would get clients who wanted to talk about their business, but then when we once we started working together and we really got into it, it's like, oh, I, you know, the reason I'm having these issues or stressors in my life is because I haven't dealt with this childhood trauma or I, you know, am almost 40 and unmarried and I feel really bad about myself because of that, because that wasn't my original plan. And I think, you know, coaching is all about helping people get clear on their goals and what they really want. Mm -hmm. And you and I were saying this earlier, but we go through life and at certain points we stop and think about what we want. Like what college do I want to go to or what job do I want after college or I'm over this job. What's the next job I want? Who do I want to marry? Right? Like we think about those things, but we don't often stop and think, you know, in between those big transitions about like, what do I want the next month to look like? What do I want the next week to feel like? And how can I shift my life and the way I'm living so that I actually have what I want? Yeah, no, com- completely. I really, you're like making me want to now take your course and be an online coach. <laughs> Come on. Like, I actually, I was looking at your website before uh, this podcast and I was like, this looks so freaking cool like yeah you guys also are very inspiring towards women which i love like mm-hmm. i like that yours is very women focused because now i do think more women are getting into the business space and they're more entrepreneurs and but it's something that's very new still so did you do that intentionally you made it like for women specifically yeah i mean we picked a segment of the market that we felt was really listening to us and that we could really communicate very directly with and i mean you know there there are a um majority. I think it's pretty close, but at least the last time I checked, the coaching industry is 
majority women, mm-hmm. right? So what I felt is like, okay, if we can serve women really, really well, and we're actually like the only all virtual, all women coach training company that's accredited. Which is huge. Congratulations. Thank <laughs> you. And so, you know, I thought if we could do that one specific thing really well, that then we could explore what else is next, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, I this is a bold statement, but I really feel that we, and not just we IGC, but like we, like me and you and and the women listening to this, like I really feel that we're leading the next wave of feminism. Mm -hmm. So like the fourth wave of feminism, and I really feel, this is just my opinion, but I really feel that it's very, very connected to entrepreneurship. That the way that we as women set ourselves free is through entrepreneurship. And and that can look so many different ways, but you know, I think that we're really as a company teaching women how to do business. And so for me as a CEO, I know that that means that there's, you know, a magnifying glass on me every single day and that the decisions I make and how I handle things and we have a real culture of transparency in our company. So we talk about, you know, what's going on in the industry and we talk about changes on our team and we talk about integrity and, you know, creating contracts and operating from an ethical place. Like I think I've heard people say this, and I don't want to be quoted as saying this, so this is not my quote, but I've heard other people say, like, there's a lot of women out there playing business. And that Mm -hmm. really upsets me, like, one, that it's being said that way, but two, that I do think that there are people out there who are sort of moonlighting as entrepreneurs but aren't actually making money from their businesses. A lot of people, like if you are not making money off your business, you have a hobby. And I like am so, I've heard that, I heard that quote recently and I'm like, that is so true mm-hmm. because you, a business is gonna make you a profit. Like you have, or just make revenue, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't do something for free. Like if you have an Etsy shop, you can't be selling the bracelets for $5 and then paying $7 for the materials. Like that's not a business. Right. So I completely agree with that. That That's something that I think is important to be teaching women how you were saying like, or t- just teaching anyone, how you were saying how spend less than what you're making. You know, <laughs> don't spend more than what you're making. Right. Which I think is something that a lot of people just entering the business world need to hear. Uh, yeah. And, and, and look, you're not just doing this so that you can be part of some like, club yeah right like you have to be in the business because you want to serve people Mm -hmm. and you want to live your purpose and you want to be a happier person and you want to wake up every day and do work that aligns with who you are I mean just like you I get to be myself in my business and that's extremely freeing and that is a huge luxury and it's a huge privilege and we cannot take that for granted but I do think that you know I am really proud of myself and you should also be very proud of yourself. Thank and I, you. <laughs> I think you are that I am running a company that supports a lot of women. You know, we have almost 200 affiliates, which are like people that we pay for, you know, when they introduce us to clients or when they send clients our way. That makes me feel really proud that we can be another source of income for people. Now, I'm not going to share all the numbers, but our payroll is like growing all the time. And I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. like we're paying a lot of money to a lot of people, but we're like fucking like putting the putting food on the table for people's families. Like that is what inspires me. And that is what drives me. And when I see the women that work with IGC, making investments, buying a new car, doing things for their children, you know, that is what, I don't care if you buy a new purse, like whatever you do that makes you 
happier, if you're reinvesting in yourself and your business or, you know, I mean, it, it just, that's what, what really lights me up is like, we're building a, a growing company that supports many women in, you know, having real careers. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's important, I was writing about this the other day, is that we have to take ourselves seriously. And there's a lot of research about this, but the number one block for women entrepreneurs is, or women who want to become entrepreneurs, and the reason, the number one reason they don't is because of lack of confidence. Yeah. And like, that's such bullshit. Like, that's something we can work through. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can teach people how to believe in themselves. We can teach people how to follow their dreams and stay focused. You know, I think a lot of times confidence is really about focus. It's about not getting distracted. 100%. You're not caring what other people think exactly. about your life. Yeah, I completely agree. And who is your biggest inspiration? So I feel like you're such a confident person. So who inspires you every day? You know, I I, I think that really my biggest inspiration is myself when I was younger. You know, if I think about her and I think about her fears and the thoughts that she had and her worries, like that is what inspires me. Mm -hmm. And I see a part of myself, my younger self, of course, in myself today, because I still doubt myself and I still, you know, stress and worry. And I try to think about like what my older self, like, you know, what myself in 10 years or 20 years would be telling myself yeah. now. <laughs> and I just really trip myself out. But, you know, like you inspire me and and meeting women who are, are younger than me and doing this work really inspire me. And our students really inspire me. And my, you know, Olivia, my co-founder inspires me and our team inspires me. I mean, I, I have to say, it's just, it's more like the mission and yeah. this idea that, like we're really investing in something bigger. And, you know, earlier to bring it full circle, we we started with this conversation of is the coaching industry oversaturated? And I don't think it is, but I hope we can make it that way because yeah. the more coaches we put out there, there's no shortage of people who need help. I mean, come on, let's be real, totally. right? Like yeah. <laughs> you can't walk down the street in New York City without getting an elbow. Like that person <laughs> needs a life coach, right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, there will never be my my family business was or is a remodeling company and my grandfather started by opening a fence company and i remember him saying i don't know exactly how he said it but he was like katie until like land for like we can't create more land really mm-hmm. right so until uh, uh, you know forever we will need to divide land and as long as we need to divide land we will need fences that's and he, so funny, he was like making a case for, you know, the business and the longevity and, and, and legacy of the business and all that. And so I say the same thing with coaching. Like as long as there are humans, humans will need help and, yeah. and they will need coaches and, and they will need guides and teachers and people to help them along the way. And so I feel very proud of the work that we're doing. And if we can oversaturate the market, that would make me very happy because, yeah. you know, coaches can't exist without, you know, like long term without having an active business. Right. Mm-hmm. Eventually, people will find out that you're just running a little hobby over there. But, <laughs> you know, at, at any moment, you can decide to take yourself more seriously. I remember a few years ago, one of my our accountants said to me, we were going through taxes and she's like, listen, Katie. You know, we had we had quite a bit of revenue. I think it was only like our first or second year of business, but we had quite a f- bit of revenue. And um, 
but not profit, right? And I remember she said, Katie, if you don't get your profit margins better, you're going to look like this is going to look like a hobby, not yeah. a business. <laughs> and I was like really offended, but then it really stuck with me. And I was like, she's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's right. Like I have to take myself seriously. I have to take this business seriously. And if she hadn't said that to me, and kind of like, you know, gotten my my butt in line a little bit, maybe I wouldn't have made some of the decisions that I made around cutting costs or increasing profit margins. And so, you know, we get a lot of advice along the way. And I think you just have to really be open and don't don't shy away from critique or criticism or people who are kind of challenging you and mm-hmm. the way you're operating and, and doing things in your life and business because you know, they're just coaching you along the way. Yeah, everyone needs some help also. Right. Everyone does every now and then. Right, for sure. <laughs> well, this has been an awesome episode. I'm so glad I had you on. And where can they find you? So you can find me on our website, which is innerglowcircle.com. And then you can find us on social media. Instagram is at inner glow circle i-n-n-e-r-g-l-o-w circle i'll have it in the show notes also <laughs> yeah and you can follow me personally i just opened a new account so oh nice, nice. Um, <laughs> it's at it's katie depala and i'll also have that in the show notes okay cool well thank you so much for being on my podcast this was a great episode and if you guys need or want to become a coach definitely go to innerglowcircle.com and thank you katie thank you That was it for today's episode. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. It was so fun for me to record this and I think Katie is just an awesome person. So I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Let me know what you guys think. If you guys liked it, be sure to give it five stars on iTunes. That really, really helps us out and that helps us get more discovered because podcasts is something that I don't know how to get discovered on podcasts. I'm trying to kind of figure that out along the way. So if you guys have any tips for me, those are always appreciated, but reviews definitely help so that like the podcast app can recommend the podcast so anyways thank you guys so much for listening of course be sure to check out katie and inner glow circle and i will see you guys in next monday with another episode of the brew real podcast Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then. <laughs>